Good morning, welcome, welcome to worship. It's good to be with you. Thanks for being here. I'm Jim and I serve as a pastor here at Schweitzer. We've been praying for you and for this experience today, expecting God to meet with us. This morning, we're gonna continue, actually we're gonna wrap up our sermon series we call The Goodness of God as we explore God's character, God's goodness, God's eternal goodness. Pastor Spencer will lead us through the scripture and we'll especially explore the 23rd Psalm. God has a message for all of us today. We're also looking forward to a new experience, a creative experience here at Schweitzer, and it's called Vacation Bible School Watch Party. In the past, we've always had the kids come to the campus. Hundreds of kids come here for a week each summer. Well, this year, we're going to the kids, to lots and lots of locations and neighborhoods, and uh, we'll help you do it. We're looking for hosts, and so we'll resource you. We have kits for you. We have... Uh, all this good stuff to help you bring the good news of Jesus to the kids in your neighborhood, whether it's your house, your yard, wherever it's at. Again, we'll resource you, we'll uh, do the registration, we'll make sure that it's safe. And Roxanne and I are thinking about using uh, our house, we'll do that, our yard, and uh, we're thinking we need a guest host to come with us. Who could that be? Hey, well, Taylor, would you join us up here for a second? So I've been thinking about getting a guest host for Vacation Bible School watch party in our neighborhood. And so I've been thinking about asking Taylor to be uh, the co-host. He's a kid magnet, a Vacation Bible School mini camp uh, legend. So Taylor, will you come to my house, my neighborhood? <laughs> so excited. And uh, be the guest host of Vacation Bible School. I'll pray about it. You'll pray about it. We'll think about when that's going to happen this summer. We'll, uh, we'll do that together a few days over the summer. And you can reserve Taylor, too, by going to uh, our website at uh, sumc.co slash VBS. It's going to be awesome. Stay behind after worship today as we're having our confirmation service. Lots of young folks giving their commitment to God, and so it's going to be really exciting. So join us after worship. We invite you to engage with us today. There's a chat feature on your screen. We also offer live prayer, so feel free to join us in that. So now let's, uh, let's worship together. Let's celebrate God, God's goodness now and always. Let's worship. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the blend there's victory in the air Your love is my battle cry When my fears like Jericho Build the walls around my soul When my heart is overthrown Your love is my battle cry The anthem for all my Singing the truth Nothing is impossible with you There is hope within the fight In the wars that rage inside Though the shadows steal the light Your love is my battle cry 
come to this time of prayer together, we know that prayer is vital to our relationship with God. And part of prayer is remembering. Oftentimes in the scripture, hundreds of times, God tells us to remember. And so today we're going to look back. We're going to bring awareness to people that have been in our lives and to experiences. And so as we do this, let's, uh, let's pray about the folks that have poured sacrificial love into us, to show, have showed us God's love in our lives and experiences. It says in Proverbs that the memories of the righteous, that is people that do life with God, memories are a blessing. So at this time, let's give thanks to God for memories and people and experiences in our lives. As we continue prayer together, we worship a God that is eternal, past, present, and future. And so now let's pray. Let's pray about our future with God. God has plans for us. God continues to uh, pour into us. And so let's look to the future of God's goodness, God's faithfulness with us, knowing that God never gives up on us. God is always with us and for us. Let's pray together as we surrender our lives to God.
Holy God, thank you. Thank you for how you have blessed us in the past with so many people who have poured their love into us, the love that you planted in their hearts, God. We thank you for experiences and the memories that keep us connected, not only to them, but to you, God. Our memories give us, memories give us inspiration and hope and increase our faith. God, you are, you are good. And again, we thank you for how you blessed our lives in the past through people and experiences. And God, we thank you that we have a future, a future with you. God, we thank you for the plans that you have for us, that you would plan for us to prosper, and God, that you would lead and direct our lives. So we seek your Holy Spirit come and fill us and, and give us the way and the truth and the life now. God, as we, as we prepare to bless others through how you work through us, and God, that most of all, we thank you for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who sacrificed for us, who pours into us still, and God gives us great, great hope for the future. And now we pray the Lord's Prayer together as we're led by some really excellent ushers on our First Impressions team. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 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 As we come to this time of offering, we thank God for God's generosity in our lives, how God gives to us and provides for us and cares for us. And now it's an act of worship and obedience and trust that we give back to God out of God's goodness. We thank you for your gifts and your tithes and offerings that bless people, transform lives, restore lives, and make the kingdom of God come to this earth. Again, thanks for being generous people.
We believe in the power of stories. And each week this year, we've been telling stories, God's stories, of how God is working in people's lives, how God's transforming grace is moving in their lives and, and changing them. And this week, we're going to hear from Nancy Carlson, who has a powerful story of God's work in her life. Let's watch. All right. Well, I'm, I have been a part of Schweitzer Church this time for the last 14 years. So I'm in life groups, I'm in women's groups, but most importantly, I am here to talk about my alcoholism. I knew that I shouldn't be setting up a glass of wine with baby bottles at five in the morning. I, I, I knew that. And so first I, I went to um, a psychiatrist who was trying to help me figure out why I was drinking so much. But see, taking alcoholism as the primary problem you quit drinking and drugging first, and then you tackle the other personal problems that individual is having. So, I, God's intervention was the fact that uh, the psychiatrist said you need to have a, a physical. And in that, I went to have a physical with a new doctor up in Omaha, Nebraska. And he was affiliated at that time, 46 years ago, uh, with a, a hospital situation that had just initiated an alcohol and drug treatment program. And he barely did anything with me. He said, will you go into treatment today? And I said, if it will fix me and help me understand what the problem is, Yes, I will. And I went into uh, an alcoholism treatment program uh, at 28 years old. I can tell you, all those years ago, there weren't young new mothers sitting in an alcoholism treatment center. This had to be, I just wrote uh, several articles on my miracles in my life. And this is truly one of them. I would like to make sure that I emphasize, uh, even though I only started drinking when I was 21 and went into a treatment center at 28 because I could not stop drinking for a day, um, I felt very bankrupt as far as uh, God being in my life. We need to treat um, addiction as an illness that we can conquer through a better relationship with our Lord, uh, a better relationship with our families, as well as people who have gone before me staying clean and sober. My name is Nancy Carlson, and this is just the beginning of my story.
Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Spencer. I'm the pastor here. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading from Psalm 23 today. This is the part three of three of a series we're on called, called The Goodness of God. But before we get there, um, I have a date that I want to share with you. So, so pencil in your calendars. This is a save the date kind of thing. June 21st. June 21st. June 21st is our target date. I want you to hear that word. It's our target date for having our first in-person worship services back in the building um, where we'll be together. So June 21st is our target date. It's our target date because this is dependent on uh, guidance from the health department, which we have been committed to following from the beginning. And so June 21st will allow an, a new phase of opening uh, within Springfield. So as long as things go according to plan and the city stays it is, uh, we're, we're looking at June 21st for our first date. Now I want you to realize though, that as we come back for worship on June 21st, don't expect June 21st to be like March 8th, which was our last time we were in worship together. Uh, because things have changed and uh, June 21st is going to look very different. And as we reopen, we're going to be reopening slowly. So it's not just like we're coming all back together um, on that first Sunday. And so I've got two things I want you to be thinking about with this, this reopening date. First of all, um, I want you to be, be aware that just because we're coming back in worship doesn't mean that you necessarily need to come back. So we'll still be doing online worship. That's just our new normal. We're going to keep doing online worship really from now on. And so if you are somebody who, who uh, is at risk, a high risk group, or somebody who doesn't feel comfortable coming back yet or is traveling, we have online worship. We'll still be doing that for you. So that's the first thing I want you to, to be aware of. And the second thing is just a key word that you're going to hear us use over and over and over again over the next few weeks is this flexibility, flexibility. It is so important as we come back together again that we remain flexible because things change almost on a daily basis when it comes to our reopening. And so um, we're going to stay flexible. We're going to be moving slowly, but we'll just need to all embrace a, a mode of flexibility as we come back. So that's, that's the date for you. I want to put that in front of you, June 21st. We'll be talking more about that over the next few weeks and go into a lot more details about what that's going to look like. But be flexible. Remember, we've got online worship still, and as we come back, it's going to take time as we come back. Just because we come back, it's not all back at one time. It's going to take time as we get there. So today, though, we're going to wrap up this series on the goodness of God. We've been looking at Psalm 23 and seeing three things that Psalm 23 teaches us about the goodness of God. Psalm 23, most famous passage in Scripture, probably. Um, here's how it goes. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So three things that Psalm 23 teaches us about the goodness of God. We've seen that it teaches us that God provides. The Lord is my shepherd, it says, I lack nothing. We're led to green pastures and quiet waters. He provides this for us. And that's one of the things we saw. We also saw that God leads us. And this is what Jason looked at last week with us, is that God leads us. And so we see in Psalm 23 that God leads us um, to different places. He, he leads us for his path sake, for, his, for the right path, for his namesake. He leads us through the dark valleys. This is what we see God doing. And the third thing today that we're going to see is that God pursues us. And so look at that last verse of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely... Your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
forever. So, so this Psalm 23, this, this last verse here, I, it, it often gets overlooked because when you think of Psalm 23, you think about the Lord as your shepherd, you think about the dark valleys, the quiet waters, and those kinds of things. And this last verse here kind of gets overlooked, um, even though it's incredibly powerful and has this great promise of how God pursues us. So let's, let's unpack this, this this morning as we explore this, how God's uh, goodness and love will follow us, will pursue us all the days of our life, and we'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This great, great promise here about God's goodness. And and to do this, let's, let's start with a key word here as we unpack this, and let's talk about this word, follow. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So let's talk about this word follow. And I don't know what comes to mind for you when you hear that word. For me, um, I think about my two dogs. I have, I have two dogs. Their names are Texas and Ruby. And uh, these two dogs follow me around my house nonstop. If we're sitting down watching TV, they are right underneath my feet. If I get up and get a drink of water in the, in the kitchen, they're going to follow me into the kitchen. I go mow my yard. They will follow me on the mower. They just, they will nonstop follow me. If there's a door that's, that's shut between me and them, they are laying down on the other side of the door. They just follow me, follow me, follow me all around the house. Maybe you have dogs like that, but Texas and Ruby, they just follow me nonstop around the yard and the house. No matter where I'm at, they are right beside me. They, they follow me like this. And so in Psalm 23, verse six says, surely your goodness and love will follow me. And um, that's not what this Psalm is talking about. It's not talking about how some puppy might follow you around the house from place to place. That's not really the image here that, that this is really about. This, this word follow, in fact, is, is somewhat of a mistranslation because this word follow is way too passive for what it actually means. Um, to, to talk about what this really looks like and what Psalm 23 verse 6 is really getting at, you need a much more aggressive word than, than, than follow. So let me give you some other examples of this word that's used um, in other places in the Bible. So you remember the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and not in English. And, and the Hebrew word that we've translated here in our English Bible as follow is used in different places in the Old Testament. So let me give you some examples of this. Um, first example here is from Leviticus chapter 26. It's always a great sermon. You can translate or go to, from Leviticus here. So here's a reference from Leviticus. But listen, this word is going to be used three times in this passage, but it's translated differently than the word follow. So here's what we say in Leviticus 26. It says, you will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000 and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. So the same word that's in the Hebrew of Surely your goodness and love will follow me is, is in this passage as well, three times in two different words. Can you guess which words it is? Yeah, it's pursue and chase, pursue and chase. And the context of Leviticus 26 is, is, uh, is, is battle. This is a very aggressive thing that it's describing here, that you will pursue your enemies, you'll chase your enemies. This is a war kind of mentality that the word is, is describing here. And then can you imagine if it used a, a word like follow? Like you're not going to follow your enemies from place to place. No, you pursue them, you chase them, you, you go after them. This is what the word, what the word is getting at. Here's another example. Um, 1 Samuel 26. This is David speaking, and he's talking about how uh, this time in his life where Saul chased him from place to place in the wilderness, and he had to hide in caves and, and go from place to place. And so Psalm, I mean, uh, 1 Samuel 26 is David speaking about how Saul has been pursuing him in all these places. And here's what he says. And again, he's going to use the same word from um, Psalm 23, but here's, here's how it goes. He says, now do not let my blood fall to the ground far from the presence of the Lord. The king of Israel has come to look out uh, come out to look for a flea as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. So again, the same word is used, same word is used um, as, as follow, but it's not, this, it's not translated in the same way. And can you guess which word it is? It's, it's the word hunts. 
You see, this word that we've translated as follows, as surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, is used elsewhere in the Bible to describe being pursued or chased or, or running after things. This is how this word is used in other places. And, and so again, I, I think about my dogs. These two dogs will follow me around the house, around the yard. They're always by my side. They're obedient. They're calm. Uh, they sit with us while we watch TV. They're always around us, following us from room to room in our house. But something changes because there's something about them that I haven't told you about. And uh, my, my two dogs, Texas and Ruby, they're bird dogs. I, I got them because I'm into quail hunting. And so as soon as we go out into a field, it's like these dogs change. They're different dogs all of a sudden. And, and now these two dogs that used to just be by my side all the time, they are like uncontrollable because they are set on hunting and finding birds. In fact, I have to have a special collar for them. These two dogs that normally are just following me from room to room, when we get into a field, I have to have a special collar on them so that I can control them because, because as soon as birds are introduced into the situation, they just turn into different kinds of dogs. I don't know if you've ever seen a bird dog in action, but it's incredible to see a dog that's so focused on one single thing that they're going to do. They are out to hunt. They are focused on this. This is all they're going to do. It doesn't matter if it's wet out. It doesn't matter if it's cold out. It doesn't matter what the conditions are. They are going to go after birds. It doesn't matter how many thorns they go to. I can't tell you how many times we wrap up our day and, and my dog's face is bloody from their nose, their eyes, their, their underside, sometimes their paws because they've just gone through thorns and they don't care what the brush was like. They had to go after birds. This is what I think Psalm 23, verse 6 is talking about. Surely your goodness and love will follow me, will pursue me, will chase after me, will hunt for me all the days of my life. God is not looking for us in a passive way. He's pursuing us aggressively. He's pursuing us with, with a hunter's kind of focus. God is going after us with everything he has. God is going after us. He's pursuing us. He's not going to stop. He is focused on sharing with us his goodness and his love. God is pursuing us in a way that, that he is singularly focused on sharing this goodness and love with you. And he doesn't stop. He, he doesn't give up. He doesn't get tired. And this is the other side of Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely your goodness and love, it says, will follow me, will chase after me, will hunt for me, will pursue me. And then it says, all the days of my life. God doesn't stop in this. God doesn't give up. God doesn't get tired. He, he keeps going after us all the days of our life. And then it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Again, listen to the word, forever. God doesn't give up pursuing us. And even when we give up on God, when we choose to walk our own path, when we choose to not follow him, when we choose our own selfishness, when we choose to turn on him, he never turns on us. He is constantly and persistently hunting for us, chasing us, pursuing us. He's, he's constantly um, pursuing us in order for, for him to share with us uh, his goodness and his love. And it doesn't matter how we respond. It doesn't matter what we've done for him or to him, or it doesn't matter what, what, if we've been faithful or not. He is constantly trying to share with us um, his goodness and his love because this is the character of God is that he will do anything. He will work tirelessly just to share with you his goodness and his love. It reminds me of what Paul writes in 2 Timothy where Paul writes this. He says, if we are faithless, that is, if, 
if we turn away from God, it says he remains faithful. Like just because we give up on him doesn't mean he gives up on us. And it goes on, Paul says, for he that is the Lord cannot disown himself. This is the character of God. I mean, the character of God is that he doesn't give up on us. The character of God is that he pursues us and he hunts for us and he chases after us. The character of God is that he wants so much just to give to you and to me and to all of us um, his goodness and his love. This is the character of God that he is pursuing us and that, that he is hunting for us nonstop. Theologians call this way that God um, chases after us, they call this prevenient grace. And and this is the idea that God is chasing after everyone, that the gospel is for everyone. It's not just for the religious who are good at church and and just for a few people, that that God is chasing after all of us, that God is pursuing all of us, that God is looking to share with all of us his goodness and his love, that he's he's pursuing all of us. And this is why sometimes when you talk to people about faith and and they share their story about how they came to faith, they they say things like, you know, looking back, um, I can see that God was in my life, but I didn't see it at the time. You hear those stories all the time. Maybe you have a story like that where, where it's like looking back in hindsight, I can see that, you know, God brought this person into my life and this relationship, God, you know, God used this person to speak into my life or, or I had these circumstances, God used these circumstances to bring into my life. But at the time, you know, I, I didn't see it. And, you know, we hear this and, and we realize that this is what God does. We're like, yeah, of course God was in your life at the time, even though you didn't see it, because this is what he does. He chases after us. He pursues us. He's looking for ways to share with us his goodness and his love. And he's doing this with absolutely everyone. And so sometimes we don't see it in the moment, but in hindsight, we can see how God was at work on our lives and chasing us and pursuing us and hunting after us. And and I think there's a few reasons why maybe we don't see it at the time. One of those reasons might be that in the moment, um, there's a lot of ways that God shares his goodness and love with us that we simply take for granted. Like how many things in the last three months have you realized that you've just taken for granted in your life? And there are all kinds of things that we take for granted that, that are really things that we should be giving thanks for. But instead of giving thanks for these things, we, we take them for granted. And instead of recognizing it for what it is, that it's a really a gift from, from God, a blessing from him in our life, Instead, what we do is we take these things for granted. We don't recognize it for what it is, and we don't, we don't give thanks. We don't recognize that it comes from somewhere, or more appropriately, that it comes from someone. And instead, we just think that this is just what life is. And so we don't give thanks for the ways that God is at work in our lives. So sometimes we miss the ways that God is chasing after us and hunting for us and sharing his goodness and love with us because we just simply take those things for granted. Or, or other times, we sometimes we miss the ways that God is sharing his goodness and love with us because we get focused on other things. Specifically, we might get focused on things that are hard or difficult because when you start going through circumstances in your life and life gets hard, pretty much that's all you can focus on. It's, it's kind of like if you have a toothache, good luck doing anything else in life while you have a toothache. Like this is a small part of your body, right? Just a tooth. But if you have a toothache, that's all you're going to be focused on for some time. It's not like if you have a toothache, you're going to be like, you know what? My elbow feels really good today. No, you've got a toothache. You're only focused on the thing that's wrong with you. And this is what happens sometimes when, when life gets hard. There, there are maybe a hundred things going right in our life, but there's this other area of our life, this, this, this area that's difficult or stressful and, and, and we're anxious about it. And that's what we get focused on. And, and as we get focused on that thing, we begin to miss all of the other things that are going right, all the other ways that God is looking to share his goodness and his love with us. 
And, and, and as you start to get focused on all the things that are wrong, what you, what you end up doing is you, you, it's like you end up in a pit that's just a bottomless pit that you begin to dwell in. And, and you just find yourself in this cycle of, of living more and more into the negativity of what's not right instead of noticing all of the things that God is still doing in your life to share his goodness and his love with you. So sometimes we miss what God is doing because we become so focused on a small thing or, or a single thing in our life that we've missed the bigger picture. It reminds me of the, the tennis player, Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe was a, uh, won three Grand Slams. He's the first African-American to win Wimbledon and U.S. Open, Australian Open. And, and Arthur Ashe uh, ended up leaving tennis because he had heart troubles. And, and while he was having heart surgery in the early 80s, he, uh, through a blood transfusion, he was, uh, received blood that, that was infected with, with HIV. And so um, Arthur Ashe uh, ended up dying in 1993 from AIDS-related pneumonia. In his memoirs, Arthur Ashe uh, writes about this, this challenge he has with, with heart troubles and pneumonia this is, or AIDS. And this is a, a definitely a, a thing that is a reason to get into the pit of despair because there's so many things that are wrong. This, this life-threatening disease that at the time scientists knew very little about. And he's, he's a victim of this. And, and so in his memoirs, Arthur Ashe writes this. And I just, I find so much wisdom in this. I want to share with you um, his writing here. But he says this. He says, if I ask, why me? as I am being assaulted by heart disease and AIDS, which by the way, the why me question is the question we start to ask whenever we're in the pit of focusing on all of the things that aren't right. We start to ask, well, why am I going through this or that? Why is this happening to me? And so Arthur Ashe says, if I ask why me, as I'm assaulted by heart disease and AIDS, he says, I must ask why me about my blessings and question my right to enjoy them. He says, the morning after I won Wimbledon in 1975, I should have asked, why me? And doubted that I deserved the victory. He says, if I don't ask why me after my victories, I cannot ask why me after my setbacks and disasters. There's so much wisdom in that perspective as being consistent with how we see our life. Like there's a logical consistency in what what Arthur Ashe is offering there that sometimes we get so focused on the things that are wrong that we miss seeing the bigger picture that God is at work in our life. And it's therefore only through hindsight that we can see that God was moving in all of these ways that he was chasing after us and that he was pursuing us. I mean, yes, there might be things in your life today that are very difficult. There might be things in your life that are incredibly stressful. There might be things in your life that are keeping you up at night. There might be things in your life that hurt your heart. There might be things in your life that you are incredibly worried about. But listen, I want to share with this with you. That's not the whole story. That's part of the story. The rest of the story, the bigger picture of the story is that God is pursuing you, that he's chasing after you, that he's hunting for you in order to share with you his goodness and his love. And if you're somebody today who's going through something that's difficult and stressed out and you're so focused on that thing, I, I just I want to encourage you to look up and look around and to see the bigger picture that, that even though maybe there's this thing over here that's, that's, going, that's going terribly wrong, there's all these other ways that God is at work in your life. And don't miss it just to ha- when you have to look in hindsight. Notice around you today that there are all kinds of ways that God is seeking to share with you his goodness and his love. And this is the character of God. This is what God wants to do in our life as we read through Psalm 23 and we see this promise that he is going to pursue us and chase us 
and hunt after us. This is the promise of God of what he wants to do in your life is he wants to share with you his goodness and his love. And of course, the ultimate way that he does this is that he gives you his son as a sacrifice that you might have life and have life to the full, that you might have life eternal, that you could dwell with him all the days of your life because he will never give up on you. God is always looking for you. God is always looking to pursue you and looking to share with you his goodness and his love. And the proof of this, friends, is that he gave his one and only son as a sacrifice for you, that you might have life. Today, be encouraged and be reminded that the goodness of God never leaves you, that God is pursuing you and chasing after you, and he wants to share with you the very life that is his son. He wants to share with you eternal life. He wants to share with you his goodness. Look around and see all of the ways that God is seeking to bless you, to share with you his goodness and his love. Let's pray together. And so Father, today I thank you for this promise that we have from Psalm 23. You don't follow us, uh, you pursue us. You're not passive, you're active. You're the shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the one. You're the shepherd who would lay down his own life that we might have life. You are the good shepherd who is actively pursuing us. And so today, Lord, we wanna give our life to you. For anyone who may be watching today who doesn't know the hope that comes with, with walking in a relationship with you, maybe, maybe today be a day that we can turn to you and realize that you have been pursuing us. Maybe it's just in hindsight that we see all of the ways that, that you've been pursuing us, but in, in our real life today, may we see this, this pursuit of your goodness of love that's been given to us. For those of us who maybe have been taking this for granted, um, may today be a day that we give thanks for the ways that you've been at work in our lives. For those of us who've been focused on, on just the things that are wrong, help us to see the bigger picture that you are at work in our lives, that you're pursuing us and that you're chasing us and that you've given your own son that we might have life through you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness and love that's been given to us. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
Friends, it's been so good to join together in worship today as we've looked at this promise of God's goodness and love that's been pursuing us. If this is helpful for you, I encourage you to share this with your friends, your family. You can do that on Facebook. You can send a link to somebody. And let's uh, share this, this message of, of how God is pursuing everyone. It doesn't matter who we are. God is pursuing us all. I can't wait to see you next weekend.